Hey, this is Brent Leary, and here I am. Uh, I'm sitting here in Orlando at a really interesting conference. It's a conference being sponsored by SAS, you know, the data analytics people. Uh, and it's uh, this, I think, is the second or third one I've been to, but it's their professional uh, business leadership summit. And uh, I'm sitting here with a conversation I'm, I've been waiting to have for a while with Wilson Raj. Wilson is the global director of customer intelligence for SAS. I, I've known him for a couple of years. And, and recently, uh, they just put out an interesting, it's an infographic, but the infographic is really about a study they did uh, that talks about personalization versus privacy in I love this, the conundrum that it presents. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about that, but before we do, Wilson, first of all, thank you for joining me. Great to be here, Brent. Tell me a little bit about yourself and your personal background before we start jumping into this. Sure. Uh, my background has purely been in marketing for the past uh, 20 years almost, uh, ranging from communication side, writing, to uh, program management, brand management. Uh, I did a lot of global work. I also had uh, several stints in various industries. In not only just tech, but in the medical side as well, uh, and uh, also had experience in digital agencies, uh, huge agencies where we did uh, large digital in initiatives for clients. But at the end of the day, uh, my love is really for the, I guess, the, the, the art of marketing and, and how that influences people's lives on a daily basis. So really, it's a fun, fun trip for me. It's a fun time for, for this is marketers too, right? Definitely, because I mean, I say the art of marketing. There's now more of the science of marketing Absolutely. that's now coming in. So it's it's, it's great to be at that uh, that conference. So talk to me a little bit about the personalization privacy conundrum. And uh, I'm reading one of these the kind of the teaser lines. Survey says consumers want to be understood. So we know they want to be understood, mm -hmm. which is the personalization part of it, right? but they're also very wary about how companies are using data to understand them. Talk a little bit about why you guys did the survey. Absolutely. I think the, the driving force was this was that we looked at a lot of surveys that, that's currently in play around you know, the notion of big data and analytics, and all those are very interesting. But uh, we thought the one question that was not answered was, what do cons consumers think about this? Mm -hmm. They're reading about this in the newspapers on a daily basis. Uh, you know, constant Facebook uh, privacy changes, Google, uh, the recent uh, what we call Snowden effect uh, with the NSA. And so consumers are reading this on a daily basis. So, uh, and seeing this and then also reading about how customers are using data to, to um, provide better experiences to them, uh, we just wanted to find out what they were thinking about this. So uh, we surveyed about 1,200 consumers, mm -hmm. uh, and they were really picked from uh, sort of the banking, retail, uh, banking, retail side as well as uh, mobile operations or mobile services. And you also break it down too. You, you look at folks that are under 30 versus folks that That's are right. older. That's right. We had a segmentation. Basically, it was 18 uh, and, and above. Okay. Uh, and uh, U.S. And we did look at segments. Mm -hmm. uh, now, the overarching uh, conclusion was that 7 out of 10 of these folks did feel uh, that there were privacy concerns given what they were reading and perhaps maybe even what they were experiencing. Mm -hmm. But the interesting counterpoint to that was even with this amount of concern, about 6 in 10 stated that they expect and they want companies that, do, that they do business with to be highly, highly relevant, highly personalized, and, and even more to be able to understand them. So uh, when you break it down, the things that came from, from them included things such as you know, they want to be treated as individuals, 
They certainly want those personal relevant offers or messages that come through various channels. Uh, they want to be able to be communicated to in the, met in the channels that they prefer or choose, which changes, by the way. Um, and, and the other big piece, too, is uh, they wanted really a, a good, consistent customer experience right. with, these, with these folks. So those were some of the things that fronted their expectations. Now, we also saw some interesting nuances, uh, as you mentioned, in the, some of the segments. Mm -hmm. So the folks who are 30 and under had an even higher expectation. So overall, it was 6 out of 10. With the under 30 group, it was basically 7 out of 10, so wow. 70% almost that say, hey, we, we expect this. We saw a similar result, close to 7 out of 10, with um, consumers uh, in the higher income bracket, about 100K and above. So it sounds like uh, you know, the, the digital native kind of generation, they grew up with this stuff, and so they're kind of, you know, they, they know what the trade-off is. Because they, they feel more comfortable, they feel more comfortable. Like with the trade-off. And it seems like the folks who make more money, maybe they feel like they have a little bit of better understanding of how this works, and they feel a little bit more comfortable with it. Right. I, I would say certainly the digital natives and probably these higher you know, income digital immigrants mm -hmm. who are you know, maybe even working in tech and are, are familiar with some of these things. What's interesting is but it doesn't dispel that they don't have concerns, but they feel like as long as companies are using the data to improve their experiences, they're, gonna be, they're okay with that. That is correct. And that's where we come to the second finding, which is really interesting. So they certainly had higher expectations, but when we asked them, particularly in these, these, these categories, the banks, the um, mobile operators, as well as retail, so based on your experiences, are you getting that level of personalization and relevance? And it was a resounding, uh, you know, uh, positive. Hmm. Uh, basically, almost... Um, almost 6 in 10 mm -hmm. said that they saw improvements in the relevancy and personalization of messages that were coming in in the past five years. Okay. So it was definitely an increase. And in addition to that, they saw a reduction. So 4 out of 10, almost 38%, noticed a reduction in irrelevant communication. So now we see, find that now, brand, so the performance, the brand performance is matching the consumer expectations. So... These companies are not only, uh, well, the consumers are expecting them to use the data, mm -hmm. but they're also expecting it to use the data in a way that makes their lives better, basically. That's and right. what you're seeing is, uh, from, from the consumer's perspective, these companies that are doing this uh, seem to be at least doing it effectively, at least to a certain extent. To a certain extent. Now, we asked them, uh, this was, you know, can you score, you know, a set of consumer-oriented companies overall, and, and see and, and evaluate, you know, where they would be in this relevance and, and personalization. And uh, from a general perception perspective, the online retailers scored the highest points. Uh, this, like an know, Amazon. Absolutely, yeah. I, I think everyone has an expectation with Amazon yeah. in terms of how. So you know, from a perception, even if they did not do business with Amazon. Uh, which uh, we find it hard to believe yeah, like, these I days. I haven't found anybody. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But the perception that these guys have sort of got it down to a science. Mm -hmm. But then when we ask them from your own experience, you know, score the companies that you do business with, so the banks, the retailers, the mobile service providers, the banks came up on top. They scored about 3.8 out of a, a high score of 5. Wow. And then the other two, the, the retail as well as the mobile service, you know, we're down at about 3.5, I, I believe. Mm -hmm. So the, 
you know, from a from an actual experience perspective, from the, look at the bank bank customers, they felt like they, you know, they were easy to do business with in most of the channels. Mm-hmm. You know, if it's coming from a branch or a digital uh, service, for example, they felt that there were more personalized activities. Again, I think when you think about banking versus an Amazon, there's a range of things you would do right. from checking to banking to savings to investments. So I, I, again, that transactional data is, is being used both at, on in a digital setting mm-hmm. as well as an offline setting. Right. So, so that's why they scored a little bit higher. And also in terms of getting recommendations for other products and services. Uh, the, but the interesting thing is as we did, did a deeper dive on this in terms of what were some of the enablers, the, the, from a, uh, a brand or a company perspective, these things really stand out. The first one is the notion of consumer insight. So know me, understand me, uh, understand my journey mm-hmm. in what I'm trying to achieve. So that was a, a big sort of, I think, enabler that, that certainly comes out. The other one is you know, to make sure that you link up hindsight with foresight. So hindsight uh, would be more transactional, right. purchase history, any kind of returns, things that are captured in a CRM setting. But then the, the uh, digital body language that's in social media, posts, t- uh, Twitter feeds, etc., mm-hmm. that gives you a more behavioral a- analysis and it gives insight into people's motivations and aspirations. So when sentiment. you combine sentiment, yeah. is a big one, right? Using text analytics. So when you link the hindsight with the insight from these things, you get what we call foresight. So you're able to mm. better predict. Uh, so again, that's, I think, another best practice. And the other piece, too, is uh, really fronting the um, customer centricity, right? The use of information with really strong data management principles and priorities as well. So there's a lot that goes into turning that data into great experiences. And how does a company get started? How do they, first of all, uh, from a technology standpoint, there's one thing, but also from a an organizational culture standpoint, mm-hmm. what are some of the important things that a company has to do to prepare to be able to go through this process? Because So I guess when you can break it down into three categories, there's obviously the people aspect, uh, the technology as- aspect and then the process. Right. So the easier ones are typically, in my opinion, the processes and the technology <laughs> to start there. Right. Although it's better coming from the people aspects, which means it's a cultural mind shift. So right. if you're in a, in a medium enterprise, it's really to start. And I think most pe- you know, most organizations of that size are starting with the premise that it's all, uh, for me to survive is all about the customers. Right. Not just in marketing, but in every aspect of my operations, whether you're in finance or service or HR or, or certainly in sales and marketing. Mm-hmm. So I think it starts with that piece. So I think it's easier perhaps in a medium enterprise to, to have that kind of ethos. Coming to the um, process part, the way to start is to, before we look at sort of you know, customer insight, is really to understand you know, where are the, the high impact customer interactions taking place? What data you, are you capturing both online Right or point of presence, mm-hmm. as, as well as offline, right in store and, and so on, and then match that to what's missing. Do you have data both structured, you know, or unstructured, you know, aka big data mm-hmm. that typically you know for for this level is in, in social media to be able to come up to those insights, and then the process would be to marry that up with good 
uh, marketing analytics that bridges you know, the analysis with good execution, so marketing automation, mm -hmm. but also the data management piece. So uh, looking at the quality of data that's coming in, uh, making sure that, uh, that there's sort of a, a secure model in terms of who uses that information in the company, mm -hmm. for what purpose, there's a governance that's also attached to that. And so uh, the, the key thing there is being transparent, not only with your data management internally, but also externally with your customers as well. So the bottom line is companies do need to leverage the information that, that, that's at their disposal about customers, but make sure they use it for good, <laughs> for good, not for nefarious purposes. Right, and, and you know, if something could be as uh, innocuous you know, as you know, trying to get them to, you know, to, uh, to do upsell and cross-sell, mm -hmm. right, and uh, move to the next uh, you know, service offering, you know, if you know the sentiment of the customers where maybe they're not in a place, you know, not just financially, but you know, mentally to go there, then uh, it's really the wrong thing to send them offers where right. you know they're not interested in moving. Right. So, uh, so it could be as innocuous as that. Of course, there's also other kinds of bad uses of, of data where you're you know, spamming and, 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 and selling that data to other parties. Mm -hmm. But I think to really have a fine point in terms of, all right, what does the customer want? And how can I best meet that need? Sometimes it may not be sending them an email for an offer. Right. It could be potentially, it could be an education of some sort or giving another value add mm -hmm. uh, with, uh, uh, with maybe partnering with another vendor. But it all boils down to what value are you providing them in their, in their journey mm -hmm. you know, with the brand. Because basically every interaction you have with a customer or prospect your ex their experience with you is only as good as that last interaction. Exactly. Where can people learn more about the, the survey here? Uh, we have the survey posted on uh, www.sas.com. If you go into the press room, there's mm -hmm. certainly a, um, a link there. Uh, if you go to, uh, again, the main page, sas.com, and there's, a, there's under SAS Voices, there's actually a blog that is... Um, that was created by uh, the chief researcher, Pamela Prentice, who, who did this research for us, mm -hmm. and she has got a little bit more texture on some of these findings. Thanks again for your time, man. Thank you, Brent. Always a pleasure.